Are we excited to be in the house this morning? Hey, come on, make some noise if you're excited to be in the house this morning. Hey, I get it. It's early, but let me tell you something. That's weak. Are we excited to be in the house this morning? Hey. I, I, I might be the only one that's excited. It's because... My parents gave me the mic. I get to say whatever I want to say. You know what I mean? I'm excited. I think today's going to be a great day. Number one, again, thank you uh, to all the veterans who, who serve for our country. Uh, you guys are amazing. Let's give them one more round of applause. Absolutely amazing. This is your, your first time here with us uh, this November. As you can see, we're doing a, a new series, and it's called No... November. And last week we got to meet uh, Mr. Jerry Cicchetti and heard his story. Give it up for Mr. Jerry Cicchetti. He's an, he's an awesome guy. It's an awesome testimony. And, and we got to, to, to know endurance. And, and I'm excited because I was chosen to, to intro this new uh, segment that we're doing this weekend. Um, and it's something that I actually have a passion for. So that's neat. Because it would kind of suck if I was asked to speak on something I really didn't care about. But this, this weekend, we're going we're gonna to intro into no generosity. How many people are excited about no generosity? It, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be great. And, uh, I, I, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm honored I get to intro it in. And then uh, we get to watch a video of a, an awesome, awesome man. And then... Uh, another pretty cool dude is going to come up and close it out, and it's going to be, we're just going to have a great time, man. We're going to have a great time this morning. It's going to flow good. It's going to be awesome. But as I get started, man, I, I just want to ask a question to maybe kind of, like I said, it's early. Maybe our brains are, are just still kind of on cruise control from the morning. The, the caffeine hasn't kicked in, but I'm going to ask you to, to think about something, and I, I get it might be tough for some of us, but just really try to think about it and I want you to think about when you hear the word generosity, what's the first thing that pops into your head? What's the first thing that you think of when you think of generosity? Is it, is it somebody who's, who's been generous to you in your life? Is it a, is it a certain way of, of living? Uh, I got to go around and just kind of ask a few people, hey, what, what's the first thing that you know, pops into your head when, when you think of generosity? And some things that I got was somebody that gives more than they have to, uh, somebody that offers freely, Somebody that's acting with no strings attached. I, I know mine personally, when, when I ask myself what the first thing I think of, the first thing that I think of is, is somebody who gives or lets go of something that other people would say that they've worked way too hard for to give and let go of. That, that's what I think generosity is. And, 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 and gener, generous people, are, 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 in my opinion, are the best people. It's something that uh, myself and my wife, we, we strive to be. That's something we legitimately have a passion in is we want to be known as a, as a very generous people. But if I might flip the script or turn the page and, and maybe ask, what's the first thing that pops into your head when you think of the word generosity in the context of church? See, it gets a little weird in here, right? In Dad's words, your butt cheeks start to clench up. I don't know why he ever thought that'd be okay to say in this room, but he said it, so well, I'm just going to keep saying it now. Until he makes me stop. But it gets a little different. People get a little tight 
they, they maybe uh, lean over and push their wallet closer to their butt and sit on it a little bit harder. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Some people think in, in, in generosity in the context of church that when the bucket goes by, the guy holding the microphone wants you to slip an extra 20 in there. Or maybe that, that one-time offering that we talk about, yeah, hey, take that number that you were going to give and just add a couple zeros to that. Be generous. I bet you there's some people in here that think that the church would almost rather us direct deposit our paycheck into the church's account and then allow the church the rights to tell us how to live with our money. If you think that way, I think you're weird. Uh, I don't think that's at all what, what the church wants, but I know that now. I know that before I was a faithful tither, that any time I was in a, a church service and that bucket got passed, I would sit there and think to myself, man, this building is suckering all y'all fools into giving it your time, your money, and your resources, and you're falling for it. What a bunch of dummies. And it wasn't until I became a faithful tither, one of the things that if you want to complete the internship, you have to be a faithful tither. And I like to say that I was forced to tithe because it gets under Stephen's skin. But man, I was forced to tithe when I joined the internship. And uh, it wasn't until after a little bit that I, I started to understand what, what tithing not only meant to me, but meant to God. And it got to a point where I was able to see God's generosity in my life because I, I responded in obedience. And so what, what I want to kind of talk about is, imagine if, if the church was on the same page in regards towards our thoughts towards generosity in the context of, of church. Man, we've given over one million meals to Haiti. Yeah. I, I think that's amazing. I, I think that's absolutely incredible. But I might ask, how many more could we have given if every person in this building was on the same page? How much more could we have done if we actually knew in our heart of hearts that God doesn't want to take from us? God actually has a massive desire to pour into our lives. Man, I, I think that some of us see this, this whole generosity and church gig wrong because of our inability to see God's generosity in our own lives. And, and, and I just want to stand up here today and, and not really persuade you or make you think a certain way, but I just want you to know one fact is if you are not seeing God's uh, generosity in your life, it's not his fault. It's your fault. I, I, I've never had somebody come up to me who is wanting to lose weight and say, gosh, dang it, that Gold's Gym, I'm so mad at them, I still haven't lost weight. It doesn't work that way. Man, people get, people get upset that they haven't been living in the parameters of their diet or their training. Nobody's ever came up to me and said, hey, how, how, do, I, how do I get stronger? How do I put, a, put on more muscle? Well, dude, you just got to add some weight to the bar. You want me to lift more weight? And, and that's some of us. Man, God bless me in my life, bless my family, bless my home life, bless my work life. But everything that I touch, God let it prosper. Cool, give. You want me to what? You want me to give 10% of the money I made? No, that's God's money. And that's the mindset right there that gets you caught up in thinking that this whole church thing, that every time somebody stands up here with a the microphone, they're just after your money. And I'm here to tell you today that just maybe, just maybe, you're thinking wrong. Man, it, it was jumped to uh, 2 Corinthians 9.6. It says, He who sows sparingly 
will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. And, and if you get anything out of today, I just have a couple, a couple little, not really points, but just things I think that you should write down. I believe that one of the parameters that God has for our finances is we need to live open-handedly. I think that if you were to ever uh, show up to God with a closed hand, that the only thing God could do to you was give you a closed hand. I find it very difficult to believe that if we negate our responsibility to, to do what he's asked us to do, that he will turn around and bless you in that aspect regardless of your actions. Man, another thing that I believe is that God responds in reciprocal fashion. Write that down. God responds in reciprocal fashion. I've got, a, I've got another verse here in Psalms 18, 25, and 26. It says, with the merciful you show yourself merciful. With a blameless man, you will show yourself blameless. With the pure, you will show yourself pure. And with the devious, you will show yourself shrewd. In the passing translation, it reads like this. It's clear now how we live will dictate how you deal with us. Man, I want you to really read that because this is Bible, and, and I didn't write it. So if you want to get mad at somebody, get mad at this dude. It's clear now how we live dictates... How you deal with us. God, good people will taste your goodness. Loyal people, you love to prove yourself loyal and true. And true. Those who are purified, they find you always pure. And God, you always outwit the cunning and the crooked with your craftiness. I don't know about you, but that kind of makes me want to do the things that God has asked me to do. Man, like I told you, me and my wife, one of the, one of the things that we really strive to be is we want to be known as, as, as two generous people. Man, we really honestly want to be able to get to the point someday where we can tithe somebody's salary at this building. We want to be able to get to the point where we've paid off our house and, and we get to show up here at church one day and find somebody who needs a house and, and hand them the title to our house and say, hey, lucky you, man, you just got to pay property taxes and you're good. There you go. That's something that we strive to be. And it's not because, I, you know, we want to be known or, or put up on a pedestal, but it's because that we've done what God's asked us to do. So we are allowed to walk in, in, in the generosity that God puts on our lives and we don't want to stop. Man, just maybe, just maybe, you're thinking about this whole generosity and church deal wrong. Because we're, we're about to watch a, a video of, of a guy who, who understands generosity in the context of church. And he, he understands what it means to be generous to God so God can be generous back to us. But one thing that I want you to get from, from today, if you get anything at all, is it's, it's, not our, it's not the church's heart to get more of your assets. Man, it is not our heart to get more of your resources. I promise you that the church doesn't want what you have. The church wants you to see what God has for you. Man, that's all we want to do. And, and, and the thing is, is the enemy wants us to see this wrong. The enemy wants us to, to view this whole love of money is the root of all evil, man. He, money is evil. Anytime pastor talks about money, he's being evil. No, that's, he's, the enemy's winning when you think that. If the enemy can get you to believe that all you got to do with church is, is close your hand and sit on your wallet a little tighter, he knows that God can't open his hand to you and you can't see the generosity that God has for your life. Man, the enemy wants us to see this wrong. But you got to know that in the Bible it says God so loved the world that he gave. 
God so loved you that He gave. God doesn't want to increase your giving. God wants you to increase your receiving. Man, church doesn't want your resources. God does. Your resources is tied to your treasure. You treasure where your heart is. Matthew 6, it says, wherever your treasure is, there your heart will be also. God just wants your heart. Man, if God can have your heart, then God can have your resources and your treasure. God can do something in your life. And and I'm just here this morning to kind of intro this into you and let you know that that's exactly who my God has been to me and my family. My God has been a generous God and a loving God and a kind God to me, not because I'm something special, but because I refuse to allow what some people may, may think about our money or, or our decisions to affect the way that we respond to the Word of God. Man, I've had a lot of conversations with people about this specific context in generosity, I guess friends or close acquaintances, But we just get to the point where you sit there and you almost want to shake them and say, how do we convince you? Man, how do we convince you that we don't need your money? You just need God to work in your life. Man, the church doesn't need more of what you have. You need more of what God has. Man, we're in the business of, of helping people win, not helping people get poor. I promise you that. We're in the business of helping people win. If you can let go of the mindset, the people here in this building or churches in general are all after your money. I promise you that God will be able to open his hand to you in your life. Let not the windows of heaven be open on your life. Stuff be poured into you. Stuff that you can't even handle. Man, I, I just encourage you as we, as we watch this video. As, and I'm lucky because I'm not the only one up here talking about generosity today because some people's face had not changed one bit this whole time. But I said last night, some people, we said, hey, we're going to know generosity. And y'all said, screw that. I'm playing Candy Crush whole service. I ain't listening one bit to what you, I'm excited and very blessed that I'm not the only one who's going to stand up here today to talk to you about generosity. But as we watch this video, man, I just encourage you what if the way that you think about this is wrong? Man, we get, we get to watch a guy who understands that God works in reciprocal fashion. He, he understands that God wants to be generous with us. God doesn't want us to live closed-handed. And, and so as we watch this, this guy in this interview, man, just, just be thinking in the back of your head, is it possible, is there a slight, minute possibility that I think about generosity in, in the context of church just a little wrong. Go ahead and watch the screens. Okay, there we go. Okay, uh, today we're with Doug Thomas, which is an amazing man of God. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, we are talking about no generosity. In November, we are getting to know people, K-N-O-W, November. Uh, we're going to get to know people that we need to connect with, but also attributes of God. And this week we're talking about, well, no doves. Say hi, doves. Hi. And, and also no generosity. And generosity has impacted your life. Uh, it impacts all of our lives, but it's open doors for you. Uh, you know, there's new things, uh, new revelations, new insights. And I just want you to 
you'll talk about, let's talk about one day for a minute. Okay, okay. My wife and I uh, committed to one day in, in 2017 for our first time. We've, we've been here two and a half years. And Leslie and I put our heads together and decided on a number, which was quite a stretch for a new guy in town, a realtor, don't know anybody, have no idea where the business is coming from. We assigned that number and we came very close to hitting it, which was a big, big surprise to me. Um, for 2018, we increased that number by about 40%. And um, as of last month, we have already hit that number, which is about a 40% increase, which is absolutely hey. And the thing with this is, I think that sometimes we think, oh, one day, uh, it's, you know, another way for the church to get my money. Uh, but one day, and just so just so everybody understands, is where we just pray and uh, we take. It's kind of, it's, you know, in my world, it's like at least at least it's like a minimum. Take one day's wage, uh, what you would make one day, and give that. And we use that for all kinds of outreach and anything can happen. You know, I mean, uh, uh, but. Uh, with those dollars, but uh, to pray about that, and we've encouraged people over the years to uh, don't give what you make every day, give what you believe God you're going to make, and to increase that number, and um, but really, see, when we when we get to know generosity uh, and we become generous, uh, the amazing part to me, and this is what I'm hoping that you're going to be in agreement with, but the amazing part to me is that uh, it's not you know, it's like, I think I'm becoming generous, huh. but I'm actually just beginning to get to know God's generosity That's right. towards me. That's right. And, um, you know, uh, remember the story you shared, it's like when your daughter came to you before you moved up. Yep, yep. So, um, my lovely daughter, Taylor Reiser, uh, came to us, knew that we were struggling, and she asked me about her diving. And Leslie and I had seen a financial planner who looked at all of our numbers and looked at the number that we were tithing and thought that that money would be better used elsewhere, pay down debt, that kind of thing. Which kind of made sense. Um, but in retrospect, looking back, things sort of went downhill <laughs> when we stopped uh, being generous with the Lord. But generous, thanking the Lord for what he does in our lives. Um, Taylor pointed out that maybe if we got our diving back in order, that uh, things might change, and they did. Go so Taylor. Go Taylor. <laughs> Taylor rocks. That's right. And you did a good job with Taylor. Thank you. Leslie added a little something to Leslie did a good job with Taylor. <laughs> that's another place where you kind of went along for the ride. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, But it's amazing because then Lion showed up. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> let's get back to generosity. We love you. Love your life. Okay, here's the deal. God honors his word. And the human mind cannot comprehend God's response to one act of obedience. Right, yep. And, uh, you know, there's so much that we can talk about. But when it comes to knowing generosity, here's, here's the key. And, uh, and, you know, the guys are going to talk to you about it today. They're going to teach about it. Uh, but to know generosity is uh, to receive from God's generosity in your life, uh, you have to give him something that he can respond to. And so you sow a seed of generosity 
and, and a harvest of generosity comes back in. God causes the windows of heaven to open up. He pours back blessings on your life. Get to know generosity. And but to know the generosity of our God, you just got to walk in generosity. Now, I, I appreciate your time. I appreciate you hanging with us. I appreciate you sharing your life. If you have any questions about it, if you want to know the numbers, the specific numbers, see Doug after the video. You just ask him. He'll tell you. He's living God for like $1,000 a day or something. It's a little thing, okay? Uh, we serve a huge God. Believe God big. Believe God big. Live big. And let me tell you something. Your excitement and your uh, uh, the ecstasy will be big. Your disappointment, you will not you will not experience disappointment when you're trusting God. Believe big. No generosity. Me out. Come on. How many of you guys excited for one day? Come on. Hey, one day, you know, again, we're not pressuring you into anything. Uh, something that we're doing new this year is there are going to be three different ways to give. That's exciting. They're going to touch on that a little bit later. Uh, but really be praying about the things that God wants you to do. You know, put God at the center of your focus. Don't put uh, the fear of what it might look like at the front of your focus. Uh, because God blesses us and responds in reciprocal fashion. So when we step out in faith, what can God do with that? Come on. So be praying about that. Uh, so I'm going to pick up kind of where TJ left off, and we're just going to continue into getting to know generosity. And something that we hear uh, Pastor Tom say a lot is, what is it that you know that's preventing you from knowing what you need to know in order to get you where you need to go? Well, in that, what is it that you know about generosity? It's always money, especially in the context of church. That's one of the number one answers. It's money. But um, we're going to take a different look at this. We're going to go to Matthew uh, 7, 1. Um, and in generosity, it's not, it's not just money. Okay, it's not. And so if we look here, it says, do not judge and criticize and condemn others so that you may not be judged and criticized and condemned yourselves. So generosity also has something to do with how you respond and act towards other people. It's not just your money. Now let's go to Matthew 7, 9. Or what man is there of you, if your son is sick, ask him for a loaf of bread, we'll hand him a stone. Or if he asks for a fish, we'll hand him a serpent. If you then evil, now let's stop right there because you're not evil. Okay, evil in this context is sinful by nature. We as humans are sinful. We sin. If you haven't sinned, you are Jesus. None of us are Jesus. That's good. So we are sinful as nature. Know how to give good and advantageous gifts to your children. So if you know how to give something to your child... A gift, weird how it's not just money. All of a sudden, it becomes uh, train up a child in the way that he should go, and he will not depart. Weird how it becomes, I'm going to impart a wealth of wisdom into my child's life so that as he becomes older, he understands things differently. 
it's not just money. So if you know how to give good and advantageous gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven, perfect as he is, give good and advantageous things to those who keep on asking him? Point number one, I've got three points for you. We're going to dive into this. Point number one is God wants you to prosper. Well, in order to prosper, that would mean uh, that you would have to have something in abundance of what you would need. So uh, prosperity, a lot of people think of money, again. But in all reality, there are many places in the Bible that God tells us where prosperity is not money. And actually... uh, I think it's Luke 6. Yeah, we're not going to go there. But Luke 6, it says that if you can't be trusted with the fleshly mammon, you can't be trusted with true riches. So you're telling me that Jesus is saying that finances are actually the lowest form of riches that I could possibly hold on to? Come on. See, what is it that you know that's preventing you from knowing what you need to know? God's trying to tell you that prosperity isn't just money. Generosity is not just money. It's actually health. It's actually relationships. It's actually wisdom. It's actually obedience. And in all reality, lack is not a kingdom attribute. So if your body is lacking in health, that's not prosperity. I'm not prospering in the things of God in my health because in Proverbs, it says that his word is health to all my flesh. So my body has to be walking in health. Relationships. If you're struggling in your marriage, that's not prosperity. See, it's one of the very few things, marriage is one of the very few things that God actually ordained. I can't imagine marriage being in a world of discomfort and disease and being in a godlike fashion. See, the word prosperity means to be able to respond in, like, in godlike fashion regardless of circumstance. So let's look at Philippians 4.19. And my God liberally... Supply will liberally, liberally, gee, Merry Christmas, will liberally supply, fill to the full your every need according to his riches in glory in Jesus. So God definitely wants me to prosper. He's telling me he's going to fill to the full every need. You know, there's another translation that says every need supplied through Jesus as his inexhaustible resources allow him to. He has inexhaustible resources. He's got more than enough to bless you and then your kids and your kids' kids and your kids' kids' kids. He's got more than enough to bless the families above you and around you and next to you. Come on. So if you're walking in lack... You're not following God's culture. Point number two, God wants to show you his generosity. Now, we're going to talk a little bit 
right here about perception and reception. See, your ability in, to perceive greatly dictates what you're able to receive. See, when you perceive someone as angry, mad, upset, it's really hard to receive love, joy, kindness. When you perceive somebody as soft, it's really hard to receive the kick in the butt that you need. If you can't picture God as a generous God, it's really hard to receive His generosity. So let's show you where and why and how God is generous. Let's look at Romans 8, 31 and 32. What then shall we say in response to these things? If our God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for all of us. How will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? So you're telling me that God bankrupt heaven to show me his generosity. Come on. Like, if you can't see that God's a generous God right now, we'll just keep going. <laughs> Psalms 103, 1 through 5. Praise the Lord, my soul, all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. He forgives my sins. He heals my diseases. He redeems my life from the pit and crowns me with love and compassion. He satisfies my, di my desires with good things so that my youth is renewed like eagles. Man, how generous is our God. See, Proverbs 8.32, it says that you kind of have to obey in order to start receiving some of the things that God has for you. That would be prosperity and that would be generosity. In 3 John 1 and 2, it talks about receiving health as part of God's generosity. Isaiah 52, 13 talks about receiving wisdom as part of God's generosity. But let's look at Isaiah 32, 5. We're going to talk about a couple words here. But the vile person shall no more be called liberal. Liberal in this context means generous. Freely giving. Nor the churl, churl means sense of withholding, shall be bountiful. So what you're telling me right here is that I can't be free if I'm vile, but I can't have a sense of withholding either in order to be bountiful. Okay? Let's go down to verse 8. But the liberal devise liberal things, and by liberal things he shall stand. So liberal means generous, but devise. Primitive. Primitive word right there means not developed from anything else. So liberal is generous. So the liberal devise liberal things. So I can't be generous without generosity. Generosity is only developed from generosity. So if you can't give generosity, that means you don't have generosity, which means you haven't received generosity, right? Another word for devise is reflexive. It's a reflex. 
It's instantaneous. It's not something you have to think about. God wants us to be reflexive with our generosity. Point number three is God wants to show the world his generosity through you. See, that's his mission. His mission is to actually show the world his generosity through you. But he can't do that if you won't receive his generosity, which is his culture. His culture is to express as much generosity to you as humanly possible so that you have more in abundance to give out. But that means that there's a culture. And that culture is to be prosperous. And if you're not being prosperous, you're probably not obeying. You're probably not listening. You're probably not in the word of God like we should be. Proverbs eleven twenty four and 25 says that there are those who generously scatter abroad, yet increase the more. And there, was, there are those who withhold more than is fitting or what is justly due, but result only in want. 25 says the liberal person, the generous person shall be enriched, and he who waters shall be himself be watered. So the more you give, the more you get. But the more you withhold only results in more want. 2 Corinthians 9.11 says, Thus you will be enriched in all things and in every way so that you can be generous and all your generosity as it is administered by us will bring forth thanksgiving to God. Because at your standing at the test of this ministry, they will glorify God for your loyalty and obedience to the gospel of Christ, which you confess as we all for your generous-hearted liberty to them and to all other needy ones. Let's go back to verse 11. We'll bring forth thanksgiving to God. Man, when we're generous, it brings forth thanksgiving to God. It is a form of praise and worship to Jesus Christ when we are more generous than we want to be. There's something about generosity that happens in this church. We not only send a thousand meals to Haiti, but we rescue girls out of the sex trade. We feed kids down the street at Vista Elementary School because they don't have enough food. We take and give generous gifts to other churches. Now see, part of that, you might go, whoa, wait a minute. But let me tell you something, it's really hard to pray and ask God for something that you're not willing to participate in. You have to be willing to participate in the things that you're going to ask God for. If you're going to ask God for prosperity in your money, you better start being obedient with your money. You better start participating. You want to be prosper prosperous in your marriage, you actually better start figuring out the parameters that God has for marriage and start living inside of them. You've got to participate. See, the church, it was really hard for my dad. He went to a prayer meeting, and these guys asked him to pray because they're praying for a building for their church. Now, God, my dad, Pastor Tom, is now asking God to pour out a blessing that all of a sudden he kind of has to participate in because it's hard to ask for something you don't participate in. So he comes back and he talks with the elders of the church and, and, and the board and, and starts talking with the financial people. And let me tell you something. This church is so generous. 
$10,000 given to another church for their building as a part, come on, as a participation in, in what we're asking for. Now there's a way that you can participate. And if you don't know how to start, we're going to give you the first step. And that's to choose a relationship with God. See, if you're not being living in prosperity, you haven't experienced generosity, here's your opportunity. So with every head bowed and eye closed, I just want to invite you. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus, and you'd like one, if you'd like to start experiencing prosperity in more than one fashion, we're not going to call you out. We're not going to embarrass you. But I just want you to raise your hand because we are going to all pray a prayer together. God wants to show you his generosity. God wants to show you his reckless love. He's chased us down. He's fought for us. He's never going to leave us. He's torn lies apart to get to us. Just raise your hand if you'd like to begin a relationship with Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Just repeat after me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for saving me. I thank you for setting me free. I thank you for dying on the cross and crowning me with love and compassion. I thank you for everything that you're doing in my life. I thank you for beginning a life of prosperity and generosity. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, give it up for Jesus. Was that not an amazing word?